0: Everyone, and welcome back to A Cup of Coffee, uh, the show to go with your morning cup of coffee. I'm Omer, returning with my co-host, Aman. Hello, everyone. Uh, and Today, we're joined by Aisha. Aisha, why don't you introduce yourself to our audience? <laughs>
1: oh. Hi, um, I'm Aisha. I go to UTD. I do stuff here and there. Part of a nonprofit a called Nourishment cool that's basically of, what i you do might have with heard all of my it time
0: in our first episode but all already know about nourishment yeah Damn it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah yeah it's a great organization uh so normally we try to start off our podcast a little lighthearted. so we try to always hit our guests with this question but uh what's something you're a huge nerd about
1: a huge nerd about yeah uh i guess death right <laughs> now I don't know, I've been really thinking about death. You know what I mean? All right, an interesting topic, and it's unavoidable. It's oh
2: I mean, <laughs> no, it's fine
1: <laughs> it was just like you know. Honestly, all my life, I thought like the first time I was introduced to death, I was like five, I think, and my mom she showed me like this video, right? And it's supposed to be like like just like video to show like oh this is what happens you die basically right and i was so scared that night that i didn't get a wink of sleep and i was like tonight's the night tonight's the night oh my god (laughs) but uh yeah it's so it's just so mysterious so that's why i'm like you know death okay life
2: (laughs) okay um all right. Well, I guess we're I just, I guess we're just diving in today. Um so, oh, sorry. No, no it's kidding. fun. Uh, <laughs> I like it. It's just going to be a straight hour of of, uh, of fun talks. So while we're on the subject, um, I guess what have you? I don't know. Like why? Why death right now?
1: Because it's all in my mind. I don't know. Because I'm wearing black. <laughs> <laughs> And also just, like, a whole bunch of stuff that I've, like, like, have been interacting with, like, even different pieces of media. So, like, for example, like, the, I, I'm watching a K-drama. It's called Doom at Your Service. I don't know if you've heard of it or not. But basically, it's about this cancer patient, and she's, like, going to die in three days, or not three days, three months. And, like, Doom itself, like, basically is personified, and that guy comes to her, and she, he's, like yo I cause you misfortune blah blah blah, and it's also a romance so she falls in love with the dude or whatever I don't know it's very interesting because she's just like like gonna die in three months like imagine if you were told like you're gonna die in 100 days you know what I mean it's like what are you gonna do like low-key kind of scary
2: well actually it's high-key I guess you've got us our first or second question or third question (laughs) I'm bad accounting but what would you do if you had 100 days
1: I had a hundred days. Oh, I feel like I'll still do what I'm doing right now. You know what I mean. I would want to maybe travel more, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's like actually so scary to think, like I'm not making as much use of my time as I should. Like the past, like say month, I've been just kind of like cruising. You know what I mean? Not really. Working because like the month before I worked really hard, <laughs> so mm-hmm. I'm sure. just like kind of taking it like yeah. that. You're but off, I, I would say one thing for sure: I've always wanted to go to Japan and Korea. But then, like also like from the Islamic perspective, it's like oh, my God! I better go like donate my money and like yeah. you know do a whole bunch of uh, ibadah and stuff like that. I would definitely do that and right. um, maximize my ibadah. You know, I would yeah. be like
2: ibadah is worship then, for context. Yeah. Oh yeah! So I'd yes.
1: maximize my worship. Um, I'd maximize my worship. I would I would reach out to everyone to be like, guys, bye. I'm gonna leave, and then they're gonna be like, what? You know what I mean? Yeah. I've always wanted to do that, but like. So yeah, just a, I just wanted to like.
0: You just get a stamp on your hand. It's like expires on this date. <laughs> yeah.
1: But then it's like so awkward. What if you live? You know what I mean? Like after that, it's like guys, I'm gonna live. <laughs> like, oh, guys,
0: I'm like live.
2: Everyone's like, oh <laughs> I man, gotta you don't funny. really hope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I definitely feel you. I'm pretty much doing the same thing because I'm moving away. So like, you know, it's it's kind of the same, all right
1: <laughs> Kinda of the same. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like,
2: <laughs> Almost. Gotta make sure I spend the last last uh, few moments with my friends. But Yeah. But
0: yeah. Dang. Uh, uh-huh. But like what would y'all do? Uh if I found out if I was gonna die like my bucket list stuff. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah, so that would probably definitely be some traveling. Uh like you said, I really wanted to go to Japan, Korea. Uh, I wanted to go to Turkey. Because I've been hearing about Turkey for the last six months, as you probably know, because <laughs> yeah. you know, our friend Jackson, who will be on this podcast in a few episodes, uh,
1: what? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah,
0: far so, there, guys. Oh. Uh, but yeah, it sounds really amazing, and also like places like you know Malaysia, uh, Singapore. They all sound like a whole bunch of I've, fun. I've
1: uh, been there. It wasn't that fun. Really? <laughs> not, which, which not one? <laughs>
0: I, I think this,
1: malaysia and <laughs> singapore i mean i did go when i was five though so oh right after right right,
0: right after you found out about that <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> i think this might have ruined yeah. your mood a little bit
1: <laughs> <laughs> bro my cousin when we went there he was like he convinced us or convinced me at least that mermaids existed i swear to god i was like oh my god Mermaids are for real, you know, like he showed us this like mermaid skeleton thing and I was like, Oh my god, I didn't know they were real and I was like, I wonder how like lot created them. <laughs> <So I'm like, laughs> I can't believe he could I like for the longest time thought they were real. I also thought like what was it? Aliens were real for the I like, still the think aliens time. are
0: real. Yeah.
1: Like for real? Or why? I
0: don't know. I think they're gin. Oh they? um, I thought that she- Yeah. Yeah, that's that's
1: what I think. That was pretty crazy. No, we watched like an alien movie like when I was 5 years old. This is also when I was 5. This was also why I lost a lot of sleep. <laughs> did, did,
0: did, <laughs> like, did your whole, you just didn't you get much sleep that year. Did, did, did your whole life <laughs> philosophy and like, you know, worldview developed develop when you were 5? I don't know what else. Oh, that explains it. A lot. it was like, like it, it all happened with this, <laughs> Like every everything about you developed within a span of a week when you were 5.
1: It was the same week.
0: (laughs) Are you okay?
1: Do I look okay, Amon? I'm not going to answer
2: that question because I don't want to.
1: I have my answer. I have my answer. All right. But no, literally, and then one night. Like I saw, it was probably just like a airplane or something, right? And I was like, "Oh my god, I saw a UFO!" <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like, "Oh my god, I saw a UFO!" I wake up my mom and she's like, "Go back to sleep," you know what I mean? But good time. I lost a lot of sleep back then. Like because I couldn't sleep, I would pray. I would pray more than hundred back then than I would <laughs> now. I'm not even oh kidding. My
2: god.
1: And I forgot about it, right? But then I remember, like my mom, she was like. She'd be like, "Just go back to sleep, right?" And I'm like, "I guess I'll go pray the hajj. I don't know how, but like, I completely forgot. I totally blocked that out of my mind. But then I remember, like, I would like wake up my sister and be like, "Okay, I can't go to sleep. Let's go pray the hajj. Wow. I, just, I wasn't. Flying. I was like, I imagine two I like two
0: year old people just being like, yeah. "Are
1: you up?"
0: <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: she was pretty cool about it.
2: was <laughs> like, "Yeah, all right, bud." <laughs> Let's do it. (laughs) Well, while while we're on the subject of aliens, uh, have you guys heard of the Battle of Los Angeles? I think that's exactly I think that's what it's called. Uh, It's basically this... So there's a lot of conspiracies surrounding this. um, And I know that, like, it's probably just, like, a a weather... You know, like, one of those, like, weather balloons or something. Like, something else that might have been in the air. But basically, there was... uh, there was some like so, some ufo it was an unidentified like flying object right and it was in los angeles somewhere and somebody had seen it and they reported it and there were like some flashes of light that were coming from the air and then like nobody like it didn't like show up on any radars or anything like that and so usually if it's like a plane or something it'll show up on a radar but i think if it was like a weather balloon or something like that it wouldn't show up and so um and you can look this up i think it's called the battle of los angeles make sure really quickly. Uh,
0: it's crazy. Yeah, when you,
1: I would believe it in a
0: heartbeat. <laughs> when you first started talking yeah. about it, I was like, is that a movie? And, uh,
2: they could honestly make a movie about it, but basically, uh, yeah, it's called the Battle of Los Angeles if you want to look into it a little bit more. but Is
1: it a... Why is it called a battle? I,
2: don't, I, I think it's because they called in like, military personnel to like check out what it was. And there's like one photo of it where like a bunch of lights are all flashing up at like the ufo i don't know if it's like edited or what but it's pretty crazy and so you just look up and see like like you just see like the the ufo in the air and nobody could ever tell what it was and they never found out so the more you
1: the more you watch those and so my like I used to tutor a student right and he would never pay attention in class so I'm like okay like he really didn't like reading so to make him like reading I was like do you at least like movies and he's like I don't like movies and I'm like okay we're gonna do you like anything and he's like oh, I kind of like UFOs. So then we watched a UFO documentary, right? And we watched it together, and I was like, whoa, bro, you're right. Like, he would be like, UFOs are totally real. And I'm like, okay, this kid, we're like, yeah. come on. But then we watched it, and I was like, bro, you you be kind of, you kind of talking, talking the truth. You're on to something. Yeah. It was like NASA people, you know what I mean? Like, somebody from NASA is telling us, like, like, versus, like, some five or nine-year-old, you know what I mean? So I was like, oh, you we making some
2: yeah. points, though. <laughs> like, I know some of those conspiracies could be real. Do you have any? Do y'all have any that you think are real? Uh,
0: conspiracies? Um, I. So, like the moon landing, I think we landed on the moon, but I personally don't believe they came back. I think I think the people that came back are pay- paid actors. Mm. Paid actors. <laughs> yeah, far fetched. Yeah. I don't believe it.
1: Really, yeah, like I, you don't think they actually landed on the moon? No, I think they landed on
0: the moon. I don't think they came back,
2: bro. Do you think Wait, they no, paid what? their like families to keep quiet about it, or their families just didn't notice? The yeah, actors really were probably so probably good. <laughs> you're telling me <laughs> that I, Neil I, Armstrong I, I, came I, back I, and his wife was like, No, hey. <laughs> I, yeah. I, no.
0: I, I, I think there's, there's something to there.
1: I um, loved, ast- like, I wanted to be an astronaut so bad when I was little. I I, I, I out, did as
0: well, and then someone told me you need to know a lot of math, and then that, that dream doesn't make you <laughs> really die.
1: That's what made you, mine was because we had some astrophysicist guy come to our third grade classroom, and he was like, yo, this is astronaut ice cream and then we tried it and I was like this stuff is nasty I can't survive <laughs> I'm
2: not doing that
1: <laughs>
2: that's funny yeah I never wanted to be an astronaut I was like that's that's just I'm not cool going for that that's crazy but like it is a want, lot of different things that you need
0: to know I want to be a zoologist for a while and then uh I then in eighth grade I googled how much they get paid and then that dream died
2: yeah, oh, a lot of dreams, dreams die because are- of that.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I was like, that's like teacher salary. Yeah, man. teacher
1: salary. That's kind of sad that that's what low salaries are associated with.
2: Yeah. Oh man, like yeah, you basically right. have to do like a there's like a few things. Everyone's being yeah, forced basically- into IT. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, we have two actually, examples actually on this podcast
2: right? of people that were not in tech and got forced into it
1: i mean yeah. it's okay it is what it is yeah but at least um i remember my very first dream at least i don't remember this but my mom told me she's like you know you wanted to be a lemonade stand person for the longest time this was also oh. when i was five
0: wow <laughs> I, I, w- I wanted to be a taxi driver for the longest time when I was small because I wanted to drive places. Cause, oh. well, yeah, because like my dad would never let me drive and I was like when I grow up, that's all I'm going to be doing. Wow. <laughs> and then right after that, I was like, wait, that's a lot of work. So I was yeah. like, I wanted to be a co-pilot. Just like the cool. pilot. I was like, I get to travel places and the pilot's going to do all the work that's crazy and was like what i was like and like people would ask me like what if the pilot got sick or something you had to do so i was like i'm i'm, I'm getting the parachute and jumping off if i had to do any work yeah
2: well
1: that's what autopilot's for isn't it
2: um, and b- nah, i'm pretty sure you still kind of have to know how to fly the plane <laughs> still gotta go to flight
1: school uh, have you that. watched have you watched b movie
2: uh actually oh. i watched top gun last night so oh. you're wrong <laughs> okay but dude, on the subject of jobs, like to, to follow, so like literally what you were saying, I was on. So I think I think both of you all notice. Um, obviously, the viewers don't know, but I was uh, I was on that cruise like a week and a half ago, and so I met one of the workers there. Right. So here's what happened. Right. Kamran, everyone knows Kamran, everyone loves him. But he was uh, he met one of the people that worked there. And he met this guy and he was just talking to him. And the guy was like, you know, like this, this job is like thankless. This sucks. You know, he was from India and he had to move over here. And this was the only job that he could get. Cause he didn't have an American citizenship. So he has to stay on the ship. Right. And he's constantly doing a ton of work and they don't get any rest. Right. Like it's like five days on the cruise and then they just turn right back. And they do that for like nine months straight, right. On his contract. And he's like, this job sucks. He's like, I've been smoking. 26 packs of cigarettes like per month. He's basically smoking a pack a day out of stress. And like when the ship like stops, it's not like he gets a break. Like he has to make sure everything is spotless clean. Otherwise he's getting fired and he's not going to have any money and they don't get to eat the food that the passengers get to eat and all that. Right. So like he was just complaining for like a straight hour to come around. Come on, tells us his story. And then I met one of the workers like a day or two later on the cruise. Right. And she was just constantly like smiling and happy. And I was like, surely she's being fake, right? Like this, I don't believe it. I think that like, she's like told this in training that she has to like, like put on this face. And so I, I asked her about it. You know, I asked her about her life and everything. And she was like, you know, I was like, I was like, like, why are you choosing to work here? Like, what are you doing? And she told me this crazy story where she was like, basically her dream when she was a kid was to travel the world. And she was like, this is my way of doing that. And she was like, you know, this is, this job is, you know, it's, it's everything. I I was like, if there was any other way that you could have accomplished this dream, like, would you? And she was like, I I kind of already did it. I lived my dream, you know? And I was like, she was so grateful. And I was like, like, and then I like went to my room and I was going to go like back and hang out with my friends. So I came back out and I was like, and I saw her again. And I was like, I had to ask, I was like, how are you so grateful? And she told me about her kids. And she was like, "I, I just do everything for them. And apparently her husband passed away when her kids were really little And that's why she has to do this job to like make sure that her kids can have like an education and get jobs and her kids are staying with her mom. And she's like, you know, this job isn't so bad. You meet a ton of people from a ton of different places. You learn a lot. We never talk about work with our coworkers. We just always make sure that we're like staying away from that subject. And, you know, I get to go around and I get to see the world. And now, you know, soon enough, because I've done this job, my kids are going to have, a future and they want me to come back to the Philippines and live with them and she was just so grateful for everything that she had in that same situation that the other guy was in right and it was crazy to see both perspectives like someone was in that job and obviously I know that if I was in that position I probably wouldn't be so grateful I would have a lot like I would just be complaining all the time just like that guy but she found the light no matter what situation she was in and it was so crazy to think that She was like, she literally said, I lived my dream. And she was working as a maid on a cruise where everyone else was, you know, living their lives, but she was just grateful for what she had. And that was, it put a lot of things in perspective.
1: That's insane. Uh, Yeah. That, it reminds me of another thing, but I don't remember all the details, but um, there was this basically, um, I think I read it, in one of my stoic books or something like that right and um there's this one guy who had like you know a pretty like tough situation as well he was basically the the water boy for all these like stoics like um like Socrates or something like that i can't remember who or which ones they were but he would be always complaining right he's like man i have to do all this work i gotta do all of this crap and um but if he just saw like all the knowledge and that he had access to, like that's what the book is talking about. Mm. Uh, Like he could have done so much more with it. Like he he was like in the vicinity of all these amazing people, but he was just complaining about how he had to do all these menial tasks. Wow.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Perspective, man. It is
2: is all about perspective. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: It's crazy. Well, on the subject of stoic philosophy, how did you get into that? <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean,
2: Same, he was honestly. Like,
1: <laughs> yeah, he's like, "Yo, bro, let me tell you about Stoicism." I was like, "What is it?" He's like, "This is gonna change your life." And then he sent that video—the one that's supposed to change your life. I think it's called like, "This will change your life." Like the oh. YouTube video, uh, Ryan Holiday. Yeah. But oh, you've yeah, seen did that. One. Yeah. And like, I watched it the first time I watched it. It was like, I think a year and a half ago or something like that. Right. And like, it actually like changed my life, at least for that month. Because, yeah, it was like a good month. Right. I was yeah. like, Wake up early. You know, Marcus Aurelius says, you know, oh. like, you know, you weren't created as a human to just stay comfortably in bed. You know, you have oh. a job to do as a human. I was Dude. like, bro, you're so right. I'm going to wake Dude. up early every morning. And then I would wake up early and like I would walk outside in the morning because like Ryan right day was like, you know, you got to be in with the nature. And I was like, okay. Wow. And I would schedule and I would work out. It was good, good times. Right. Dang. And like I would always like think about, you know how we always like we all think about this right we're like yeah. yo I wonder what it'd be like if I actually had my crap together and like I actually <laughs> yeah. did stuff right and then I did it and I was like yo it's amazing right it's and then I burned it obviously but yeah it's it's actually like actually like writing down and scheduling out and really valuing the time that you have it just goes so far especially like even like waking up in the morning like even in Islam is. It, yeah. it's like said there's baraka in the morning right like think like compare your days where you wake up at like 12 not that you guys do because yeah. yeah. i don't know but compare those days to like days you wake up at like 5 or 6 or right now seven forty-eight, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> right like the day feel feels like so much longer and you can do so much more mm-hmm. and in fact even if i like try doing whatever i do like within the first few hours of the morning the rest of the day like I just can't do it, you know what I mean? So yeah. if I like wake up at like seven and then do stuff, like I get so much more done from that time to like ten or eleven
0: than yeah. I do like this yeah. Yeah. of the
1: day. And so mornings are magical.
0: Yeah, it's all yeah, let yeah, it's because like I don't know, mornings feels a lot feel a lot more peaceful and quiet than the rest of the day does. Yeah. Like people start to wake up, it gets more chaotic, you don't really have time to yourself anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh uh, yeah morning morning i don't have time to myself right now because of the cat but, uh yeah
1: <laughs> it's a lot nicer yeah. it's also like just like a quiet time to yourself you know you can journal without like any disruptions oh, yeah. and like you can just like pray without anyone like nobody's awake right now and it's like so nice yeah, yeah. and you can just reflect and a just take a time yeah
2: it is the best days are when you wake up and then you just get everything done by like you know by like the afternoon time and then you just you know you eat lunch take a quick nap wake up and then like you know you're pretty much done with most of your really important stuff for the day and then things that start coming up anyways like that that would have come up anyways your mom asks you to do something your friends want to hang out random things just that start coming up that would have taken you away from things start happening but like you're prepared you feel prepared for it and you feel like okay to take that on and then you know you can kind of live spontaneously because you can't just not live but you can't just have every moment scheduled right otherwise you know like it ruins the the spontaneity of life and so having that time set out to to just you know take care of whatever would have occurred anyways at that evening time and if nothing happens then hey you know you can catch up on your show or your game or you know just do whatever spend time with your family that you would have wanted to do so those days are honestly those days are great
1: (laughs) those are awesome it was a it was like a solid i don't know that was a solid month i remember it was like a year ago and then like a month ago um i also like tried doing that again i was like you know what i need to hold myself accountable i gotta read again and i was like how am i gonna do that and i started making little vlogs and i was like oh that's so nice because then at the end of the day it's fulfilling to see like everything i did because a lot of times you forget because um i don't know i yeah. just don't give myself that much credit but yeah. yeah also like going to like those hangouts or like gaming yeah. or catching up on your show after doing your work it's just so much more fulfilling it, you it, know is. What I mean?
2: it definitely yeah. is i 100 percent agree um i guess going back to that uh Vlog, or I guess like video journal thing. Uh, we could talk about the subject of journaling, uh, which I personally love, um, as Lily's recently. Um, so,
0: yeah, I need to get back on that. I I start. I always start journaling, and then I'll do it for like a few days, and then I'll forget to do it for like months. So <laughs> there'll be like month gaps in my journal. Yeah. It's like what, over What are you doing between March and April? <laughs>
2: yeah no straight up like i'll try to like give a recap and be like dang what did i do in the last month and then i'll be like shoot i haven't done anything in a month <laughs> and I'm like, well I need, to, I need to really get on it but getting consistent with journaling can by consistent i mean usually i won't miss more than like a week right mm-hmm. sometimes it'll be like two weeks and then like i'll have a stretch of like a month or two where i just go like every day or every other day it's inconsistent but it's very like it's it's life-changing I think that is like the one habit that I can say for sure is life-changing
1: I love journaling it is my therapy it is especially for somebody who talks a lot it is like my best friend
2: I bet your journal is like full all the time it is
1: full (laughs) it's so full like it's like tiny text. like if I start journaling I have to like literally like take out it takes like an hour at least, you know yeah. what I mean, to journal. Because yeah. I'm just like, I got to keep going. I got to keep going. Because yeah. I just have so much that I have to like
2: yeah. just
1: take out, right? And if I go like a week without journaling, like I can – like it'll catch up to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. i like, okay, why am I feeling so overwhelmed this week or something? And I'm like, mm-hmm. Cause I haven't journaled this week, you know?
2: Yeah. 100%. Um, yeah. I think what, what I try to do is like when that happens – is like I get too busy and I just like don't have time. I probably should make time to be completely healthy about it. I I should make time. But if I just don't have time, I'll like write bullet points down on my phone about what's going on and what what I'm like, maybe something that I thought of that I really want to put in my journal or something that occurred, like a story that I heard or, you know, an event that happened that I really, really want to put in my journal. I just put a bullet point about it and then I'll like write deeper about it in the journal. And it really helps because it gives me that clarity of mind in the moment. And then that day I can just move on and do whatever else I had to do. And then a week later, once I finally have time, I can just, you know, sit down and have... The issue with that is that I have to sit down and have a really long journaling session. So I have to sit there and write like 20 pages after a lot of happened in the last few weeks. And it's it's like a lot of... It's, it's a lot of work. So I'd sit for like two, three hours straight and just do that. So it's not the most efficient way to get things done. But it really helps, uh, you know, keep you in the moment. Uh, and I think that's the beauty of journaling is... Because you know you're gonna talk to yourself about it later, because you know you're gonna reflect on this at a different point, and because it's gonna be in your journal and you can always come back to it, it helps you live in every single moment that you're in. And, you know, just having that outlet and making sure that you're able to like figure things out, like figure out your problems as you go. And, you know, looking back at your journal, it's so important because I remember I looked back at my journal one time. I was like, man, I'm not living a healthy life. <laughs> you know, I look back at like every single day and what I was telling myself. I was like, this is just not where I want to be. And it really changed things for me. It changed my perspective. I think this was before I went for uh, Umrah and uh, for context, it's when you go to uh, to Mecca um, for Muslim. It's not different from Hajj, but so similar to the pilgrimage, uh, you know, and before I went for Umrah, like I like reviewed my journal a little bit. And it really, really puts your life in perspective and shows you, like, okay, like, what are the problems I'm dealing with? Why am I constantly going in this circle? And you can find a solution to it. So I think it is the only habit that I can say for sure is life-changing.
0: 100%.
1: Oh, what do you guys journal about? Does- uh,
0: I, feel, I feel like that would uh, tip it defeat the purpose of the journal. If I yeah. I was just
1: going around oh, telling people
2: secret. what I was journaling.
1: <laughs> I just in general, not like go get your journal it's and go like read it. it. It's, it's right, right here. Oh right. well, let me grab it right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's right over here. Yeah. Uh
0: <laughs> I just I guess what I do actually journal, uh it's like, you know, recaps about what I was doing that day is the first thing I do. But also like, you know, any questions that have been on my mind that i don't really feel like asking anyone else uh, oh. Uh, oh, also goodness. also, you know i write a lot so i'll put down like story ideas or uh, character stuff I don't, yeah like my the first journal i had like like pages of it filled with like concepts and story ideas and world building i i can't do that, but you know it's still there somewhere ah uh, that's yeah.
1: Cool. Yeah. So, so like i actually like you know some people's journals are like really you know philosophical for example like like marcus aurelius like yeah. when i first realized this thing is like oh this guy's just writing like what we're reading this is just like what he was thinking and yeah. for the long time i didn't start my journal like i had a journal like i bought it like i don't know in the fall and i was like i can't i'm trying to write and i was like I have to make this so profound, Mm -hmm. you know? Not that it's going to get published, but I was like, bro, this guy's just writing, and he just thinks like this, and he's just writing like that, right? Um, But, and then after a while, I was like, okay, no. And so now I just write, like, I'm narrating my life, or I'm, like, talking to a friend. And -hmm. because I like reading it, I mean, I like talking. And then, obviously, since I like me, i like hearing me <laughs> i like talking to myself a lot right so i go back and read it and i'm talking to them like or talking to my journal like you know you're my bestie and i'm like oh my god let me tell you girl like what happened today <laughs> you know what i mean oh, can't yeah. and like i write it like um in a way when i was younger i used to read like um what was it diary of wimpy kids you know yeah. and there's just like um no, know, the places that are, like, there's more emphasis on some words, I'm just, like, writing it, like, if I'm angry, like, you can tell on the pages, if I'm crying, you can tell on the pages, if I'm, like, really happy, you can tell on the pages, like, all my wow. emotions is, like, really there on the pages, and I can see it like that, you know, because, like, I write my handwriting changes according to that. Oh wow! Uh, yeah. It's an artistic but,
2: choice. Yeah.
1: I, that was not yeah. a choice. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. My handwriting when it gets
2: published, it'll it'll be viewed as such.
1: That'll <laughs> God forbid. <laughs>
0: yeah, my, my handwriting is consistently bad. Same. <laughs> Same.
1: <It's> consistent. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah.
0: Like no no no, like, no one's oh. going to be reading that journal because they won't be able to read it. <laughs>
2: yeah i'm not afraid of anyone looking at my journal they just won't understand it
0: you're actually
1: doing like you're coding it that is your code
0: like they're they're gonna be like like yeah
2: Yeah. (laughs) basically they're gonna be they're gonna find it like 500 years from now and be like what was this language that they were writing (laughs) 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 in like well it was english
1: No, like, similar to Amon, you know, sometimes I don't have time to, like, journal. But rather than, like, writing down my points, what I do is I like writing poetry a lot. So I'm just, like, it's, like, jot a quick poem in my notes. And I'm just, like, that's my that's that my journal for the day, you know?
2: Creative outlets, Yeah, that's a interesting subject. Yeah, I definitely think letting it out creatively. That, this, it's, it's very different. So I feel like the reason that, yeah. It, it's, it's like a journal, but it's very different. And, um, it's kind of like expressing, and I think, I think Arub's the one who told me this. Uh, so it's not my words, but it's like expressing your words and your feelings without really using words. Right. It's, it's like, it's like a, like a painting with words, right. You can express yeah. this emotion that you wouldn't have just been able to say if you were just talking about it. Right. Um, and I think that's the beauty of poetry or any kind of creative outlet. So, um, yeah it, have you, have
1: you guys oh, sorry. No, no. have you guys watched uh community it's like yeah a, a a show? yeah yeah <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sorry. yeah the show and you know the i think his name's abdul the film abed. guy abed yeah, yeah. yeah. then he like there's this one episode where he like like basically films his life and he shows it yeah and then he shows it to his dad and, and it's like Weird, but his dad's like, I understand him now. I felt that.
0: Yeah, I felt that was bad. good.
1: That was a good
0: episode. Uh, I, I, yeah. the, the thing I remember most about the episode is at the start when he starts filming it, and uh he he tells Jeff to act like his dad, and Jeff's like, I don't want to be your dad, and he's like, You're perfect. <laughs>
2: Oh my
0: god! No, I remember that. <laughs>
1: That's so funny. That show was great. Yeah.
0: Yeah. This show was great. <laughs> like for the longest time, like no one I know had seen it, and I felt so alone because I was like, "This show is so good. How is no one so It's
2: amazing. Yeah, I'm so glad I saw it. I was. Me just, too. It was amazing. It was so good. I was
1: so happy because, like, I watched. The, I finished The Office, and I was like, "Man, I don't have anything like."
0: Like comedic, totally. Yeah. Like This is it. I but love
1: I totally those shows. Yeah, me too. Yeah. It's just like yeah, I don't watch
0: comedies. Uh,
1: nice. You don't have to often, watch.
0: but like, yeah, communities really good. Ah, uh, yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: No, but like, I what I was saying or why I brought that up was basically a lot of times I don't I can't express myself all the way from talking, because I talk all over the place, right? It's really hard to follow what I'm saying. But then when I have, like, a poem, I feel like I'm actually, like, this is how I feel. And then yeah. I, was, like, read it, and I'm, like, yeah, this is how I feel. And then I read it again, I'm, like,
0: yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> you feel understood. Yeah. But, like, yeah. yeah.
1: But I'm, like, reading it to myself. Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. It's, it's interesting. Yeah, I think poet, well, poet. While we're on the subject. Yeah. Oh, okay.
1: sorry. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, go ahead. No, I, was,
0: like, I think poetry is human. I like that because it really lets you express, I express emotions. Uh, you know, in a sh- in fewer words than regular writing can. Like I'll use like stories and stuff to express an emotion as well, but I have to do it in like this many paragraphs because you know mm-hmm. this idea came into my head or I was feeling this thing. So I, you know, I think poetry is. Poetry is nice because you get to express a lot more with a lot less.
2: Wow, that was poetic. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Mm-hmm. Well, well, we are on the subject of poetry. We do have a poet right here with us. And uh, viewers, this was entirely unplanned. Uh, <laughs> Aisha, <laughs> what would you mind uh, showing us one of your poems?
1: <laughs> yes. You know, I was supposed to say the poem. this poem... I'm sorry, Omar. This was supposed to be the debut, or I mean, how do you pronounce that word?
2: I'm debut.
1: Oh, it is debut. Okay. This was supposed to be the debut, but unfortunately, well, I mean not unfortunately, but I performed it this past week, a week, a few days ago. I can't remember the days or yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I, I wish I could have been like, there,
2: you know, but
1: yeah but it's okay because i'm gonna do it now awesome <laughs> okay um and you know we were talking about death a lot which is you know kind of appropriate because this is called dunya and essentially dunya means you know this world you know this world and um it's basically personifying the dunya and i'm like talking to the dunya and i'll perform yes. it for you today right now okay dunya In your smile, I saw the heavens. In your eyes, I saw paradise. In those brief moments of delusion, I thought I had something nice. I was floating to cloud nine. I had lost sense and mind. I was drunk on this potion, a so very addictive emotion. I was flying above the mountains, above the skies and the stars. I I kept flying and flying until I had gone too far. I look down and I hear little shouts from below, Come down, come down, you've gone somewhere you really shouldn't go. This life is in paradise, that is reserved for after. In this world you may cry, but the next's filled with laughter. I look down, I cock my head, What on earth are they about? What is this nonsense? These annoying things that they shout. But before I can think any more, you shoot me in the head, you shoot me in the heart, you shoot me until I'm dead. My eyes, made of glass, cracked and hurt. My throat couldn't speak. I couldn't form a word. I didn't know I meant to you less than dirt. I didn't know you saw in me absolutely no worth. But it is my own fault for wishing paradise on earth. It is my own fault for trying to steal the stars from the sky. My own fault for believing such a beautiful, beautiful lie. How could I have you? You are a heavenly mirage and I'm on earth. How could I have you? If you weren't destined to be mine at birth, how could I have you? You are light years away. You don't want to be mine. You want to just stray. Good thing I don't have you. You'd be too good a thing to have. I'd forget why I'm even here. I think I'd go mad. I ask God to help me. He put goodness in what I ask. May the most gentle be gentle with my heart made of glass. Maybe I will have you. All in due time. Maybe one day you will be good for me. I will finally call you mine. Oh, Dunya, you're so beautiful. I found myself obsessed with you. Oh, Dunya, you're incredible. But I'm never addressed by you. How foolish was I to run? How foolish was I to chase? Just to think it all started because of your beautiful face.
0: Wow.
2: (laughs) Chills. That was really good. Amazing that was thank great Oof. Yeah. wow wow okay that was really good um,
1: thank you you'll
2: so have fun. to send me the text yeah. for that
0: so that i can keep it because that, that was yeah, great thank you yeah thanks yeah Th- thank you so much for sharing that with yeah. us and uh yeah our viewers are sure our, our, it'll be great that more people will be able to hear it yeah it's,
2: yeah. it's gonna be amazing that's yeah. probably gonna be the clip to be honest
1: <laughs> oh great <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: unless you um, don't want it like, no, course, no, I'm, I'm, this is your episode
1: yeah. I'm good People awesome. it. it's fine. Um, but yeah I really I really like that one I like the way that it, like when the stanzas rhyme and the syllables, syllables are like the same I'm just like yeah. it's so satisfying yeah, okay. you know what I mean it it's is. Like, oh it's gonna follow the I am big ten talent you yeah. know what I mean
2: oh it's yeah the I'm yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember rhetoric too <laughs> <That> was- <laughs> yeah
1: no, i be just writing. I don't have any technique. I'm just like
2: yeah, Sam. Honestly, yeah. I just like throw up my my feelings onto a paper, and that's why I like to journal. But that 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 poem was, yeah. was it was great. It was definitely Thank really good. You. It's great Thank when somebody you. else yeah. can describe a certain emotion, or uh, you know, some other kind of creative outlet can uh, give you a certain feeling that you either relate a lot to or haven't felt before. Um, it's Something I find very interesting that like oh shoot you know somebody else is going through that, but when you create something and that's how someone else feels about your work, that's a different kind yeah. of of feeling. Yeah, that you get. If,
0: if, yeah, it feels very nice when someone else can just connect with your work. Mm-hmm. Just because yeah. I don't know, it just it just feels like you've built some kind of bond with them. Yeah,
1: yeah. honestly, yeah. Like after I performed it, a lot of people like, "Yo, oh, that was so good!" I'm like, yes, it translated. You know yeah. what I mean? Because because like. If it doesn't translate, it's kind of like, oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> you know?
2: Definitely. Yeah. I think especially yeah. because that one is about like getting lost in this world, and the things that, you know, may not uh, be so important overall to your principles and what you really value. Um, I think that's something that a lot of people struggle with, and that's why that's why it, it really really struck. So. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah
1: it's just like it can all vanish within like that you know what I mean I was like you know it's funny that I read that right now because this past month I've just been like kind of like like I said I was just cruising right and Mm -hmm. I'm like so like in the dunya like you know what I'll do it tomorrow I'll do it tomorrow yeah and it just doesn't get time that's why I'm miserable I mean I'm not miserable but (laughs) 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 but like being productive like if I'm not productive I'm just like anxious I'm just like I gotta I gotta do something I gotta do something that's why um, yeah
2: yeah I definitely get what you mean but how do you decide I guess this is I'm like bringing my own problems into this but I think this is a valid question um, how do you decide Mom, which stop trauma dumping i'm sorry i can't <laughs> no, help it i had this, this podcast is my creative outlet <laughs> <laughs> um basically my question would be you know you have that itch right when you're not being quote-unquote productive but a lot of the times you know that itch could lead you to you know maybe spending your time on something that um doesn't you know you get burnt out right and i i have heard of this, uh, this theory or this, I mean, this very, it's not, not really theory. It's pretty much true, right? Uh, that, you know, burnout doesn't come from, you know, you have so much to do. It's described as by, I think the CEO of Yahoo as, you know, the reason the, the mother of three kids gets burnt out is not because she's working two jobs. It's because she doesn't get to see her kids, right? Because she wants to go home and be with her kids. She's not getting that. Right. She could have two jobs and if she had no kids, she'd probably be, you know, fine as long as she's getting time to do whatever fulfills her, right? You know, whatever makes her feel fulfilled, right? So, how do you know that you're scratching the right itch or you're doing, you're spending your time on the things that I guess I kind of answer my own question? You would not be getting burnt out, but how do you find something that you know, you're spending your day and you end it, like you get to that nap in the afternoon, you know, you've done all your work and you feel satisfied with that, right? Like, how do you find these, you know, I guess this comes back to finding passion, but, you know, uh, I would love to hear your answers. Like, how do you exactly find what to follow in that pursuit?
1: Like a balance between the two, like doing your work or not overwhelming yourself. You
2: know? Yeah, I guess striking a balance or finding the right thing to work on?
1: I think for burnout, um, it's really funny you brought burnout because I'm kind of burnt out. <laughs> you know what I mean? From um, nourishment right now, yeah. uh, the nonprofit, I'm, everybody's burnt out. And yeah. um, I don't know if it is, you know, it's very interesting because I've never thought of it that way. It's because I'm not doing what I want to be doing. And that's so true because the reason why I'm burnt out, like I want I was like, man, I want to take a break. And everybody right now is like, I want to take a break because it's summer, yeah. but we're still doing like, not only are we doing nourishment, we're doing all this other stuff, but we want to be spending time with like, you know, our friends, like for me, for, for instance, I'm like thinking about these other two projects I want to work on, but because I have, you know, this other work, um, like when I'm doing that work. I don't feel as burnt out because like this is what I want to do at the time right now. The nourishment, I've been doing like six months straight. I mean, I've been doing it technically for three years, but like yeah. I haven't had a break in six months. You know what yeah. I mean? So mm-hmm. I'm just like, yeah. uh, I. that's why I feel burnt out. That's why I feel overwhelmed. And I feel like um, it's the same way for like a lot of us, you know, it's just this ongoing thing and we're not taking the break we need. And you feel it more. I feel like in the summer when you see like these people, you know, they're, On vacation and I'm just like man I I want to go somewhere I want to do something else rather than like what I'm doing all the time because Mm -hmm. it just gets so monotonous so quickly right um and that's when you know when it loses that kind of like spark um you just can't keep going you know you don't find that motivation and you don't have the motivation to do whatever it is so honestly um just switching up like Because the thing is, even if you are burnt out and you want to take a break, you don't want to completely be like unproductive and like live like a slug or something like that. Mm -hmm. Like my dad was telling me, I'm going to graduate, inshallah, I think in the winter. If I don't, then I'll be in the spring. But if I do graduate in the winter, I'll have the spring semester. And like, you know, my life is getting started or like I have to get a job and stuff like that. Right. Mm -hmm. My dad was like, you know, you're going to have to start planning. But even when you are start like planning, make sure to have like a job or get a job because you need some structure in your day and you know you can lose just like that kind of spark very quickly like you can like just lose control of your life yeah. um and you just don't have something keeping you going and then you're just like miserable I remember um I think it was Omar Suleiman in one lecture or something he said that he would be like miserable without Islam because he would have no discipline or no structure you know and like humans they become miserable when they aren't productive like we're here to be productive and it's because we have like at least for me personally um when i am like really miserable or like really down um the root cause of it is always because you know i'm not being productive i'm not utilizing you know the talents that i have or the skill sets that i have
0: at least that's what it is i think that's why a lot of people got depressed like early in the pandemic just cuz you're we just kind of mm. sitting there and couldn't really do anything uh, yeah. you know i i don't think like for me personally productivity isn't what makes me happy and fulfilled uh, like, I think we talked about it a few episodes earlier. Uh, I think Amon got called stupid. Uh, All right. Well,
2: yeah. Yeah. Uh, right now, uh,
0: yeah. Yeah, the, yeah. So we had a few, an episode I of, remember. Yeah, with a journalist a few episodes ago. Um, yeah. And just that kind of struck with me, just because he said productivity wasn't really linked with his happiness. Um, yeah. And for me, it never has been. I don't know if that's because I'm lazy or something. I, uh, but I, I don't know for me uh product Wait, it, what Oh
1: yeah. Sorry. What makes you happy
0: then? Uh it's just what makes me- you happy. I think just meaningful interaction makes me happy. Like it doesn't have to be like you know I'm producing something, but just like being able to uh you know talk to people and form connections with them Uh that's what makes me happy. Like productivity is good and it's important for something to for me to do, but I don't really I've never really. View because you know you need to be productive to survive. You need to be productive, you know, as a member of society. To you know, you need to be productive so that you have money to live, right? Yeah. But I, I, know, I, I
1: would say, oh, I don't know,
0: I just personally view this productivity as something necessary, as opposed to something fulfilling.
1: I feel mm-hmm. like interactions, at least at least for me, um, even meaningful interactions, that is productive because you're like it doesn't have like productive to me doesn't mean i guess what i meant to say it was meaningful meaningful and productive is kind of synonymous to me yeah i
2: think Um, meaningful and fulfilling is really what what creates happiness and productivity is is subjective and it's kind of
0: yeah i guess i guess it depends on interpretation of what subjectivity is for me uh productivity means work yeah uh
2: like like stuff i
0: have to stuff i have to do Whereas, like, fulfillment is stuff I would
2: like to do. Yeah. I would agree. I think that as long as what you're doing is fulfilling. So, I think, like, I think the example of the mother is perfect. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, like, depending on what you consider to be quote-unquote productive, right? Like, if you consider her spending time with her kids to be productive, then, yeah, that productivity is meaningful. But regardless, that like her spending time with her kids is what's meaningful and fulfilling for her, right? That's what gives us happiness at the end of the day, right? Mm -hmm. And when we're not like, and that's exactly why like when we're not not doing anything, right, that's why, that's one of the reasons that lady that I met was so like grateful and so happy was because she had kids, right? It wasn't because she was like constantly doing her job, or it's because she was doing her job for her kids, right? If she didn't have kids like that other guy, right? the other guy didn't really have as much meaning in his life, right? This job was just something that he did because he had to do right. Mm -hmm. When you're stuck in a position where you are doing something because you have to do it or you feel stuck, that's when it feels like, okay, this is just too much. This is overwhelming. Right. And it all comes back to like, okay, yeah, do things that are meaningful. And I think it's, it was said best, um, when I was reading about it in seven habits, which I've been reading for like a year now and I need to finally finish. But like,
0: basically he was talk- still on the third one. <laughs> I am
2: still on the third habit, but <laughs> basically in, in, you know, in that chapter about the third habit, he was talking about the ways in which we spend our time. And he was saying that, okay, certain things are important. Certain things are urgent, right? But we spend a lot of our time worrying about things that are urgent and not important, right? Sometimes you'll get a call that, you know, maybe doesn't really matter, but like, because you're getting the call that's happening right now right? So it is urgent, but it might not be important, right? So being able to say no to things that are happening right now to take care of the things that are important, but not urgent, right? So for example, journaling, technically, you don't have to do that right now, right? But it's very important to your own mental health, right? So you have to take time aside to do that. There are certain things that yes, they're urgent and important. So you have a meeting right now for something that's really important, or, you know, you have to go to the hospital for some reason. There, there's things that come up that are urgent and important. But spending, you know, increasing the amount of time that you spent in causes this quadrant two, where, you know, these things are important, but they're not urgent. That's what creates a more fulfilling life, right? So, and the beauty of that is that, you know, what's important to you is different than what's important to someone else. So by creating your life and centering, centering it around this, you're creating a lifestyle that's like, okay, now I'm living by my own values, right? And you're not sitting there thinking like, okay, I'm not being as productive as this other person because you don't care what that other person is doing because their values are different from what you value. And I think creating that kind of structure is so so essential to you know creating a more fulfilling life. And uh, that's really what's been helping me recently because I was sitting one day and I was like, I get I get really bad anxiety sometimes, and I was sitting there and I just didn't feel anxious. But I also hadn't done much that day and I realized that like I had just done the few things that I needed to feel fulfilled and it was very beautiful feeling because I was like you know I it's not like I had done nothing I'd spent a couple hours doing things that were important and maybe not necessarily urgent and the things that you know were urgent and not important didn't feel important they didn't stress me out and it was just a it was an interesting feeling to not feel anxious because I had taken care of those things so yeah it's crazy some perspective
1: yeah honestly um I totally feel like that does put like a lot of things into perspective um another another thing that I do like to you know the journaling thing that you mentioned was very especially like really hit home with me because sometimes I do like you know put off journaling because I'm like what I'm wasting two hours journaling but it like clears my head or else the rest of the week it's just like bogging me down or I'm like telling other people um but or or if I don't journal I just like make the law that's also very therapeutic like I pray to God um but uh something that I've learned like time and time again is um like if you're anxious or stressed about a situation um or this is something I heard it means that you're putting more pressure on yourself like you're not basically like it's connected to tawakkul which is like believing that Allah will take care of everything right because if you are stressed it's because you're taking it on to yourself and you're like you know I'm doing this I have to do this when in reality you know Allah is the one in control of everything and you can't do anything at the end of the day anyhow yeah um, it's only because you know Allah is allowed, allowing you to and that actually helps a lot because I'm just like okay yeah. like an Islamic thing now so I have to I really can't, you know what I mean?
2: Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Yeah. No, definitely. That that feeling of like, okay, if it's not in my control, then, you know, it's not important. And If it is in my control and I'm doing everything that, you know, that I can for it to happen, then the rest is up to Allah, the rest is, you know, in God's hands and it's a good feeling to know that like, okay, it's not, not entirely up to me, right? It's, yeah, okay. it, it is a nice feeling of relief. I think one one thing that I think is interesting when it comes to these things that are important, but not necessarily urgent, um, that, that like give us this kind of fulfillment is like when we, when we asked, you know, what would you do if you had a hundred days left? That was when those things became urgent, right? When you have a hundred days left, that's when you're like, Oh shoot, these things that are, why are we waiting until we have a hundred days left and not doing these things right now? Right. It's like, and, and I think it's a beautiful situation to be in where you're like, okay, if I had a hundred days left, I would just keep doing exactly what I'm doing right now because what I'm doing right now is what's important to me.
1: Yeah. Honestly, on that note, I mean, that was a very wholesome note, but do you guys want to hear about the murder? Podcast? Yeah, of
0: course.
2: <laughs>
1: <Okay>.
0: <laughs> We'd love to switch up entirely to <laughs> we something love- slightly <laughs> more we, dark. We, we love live, lighthearted stuff like that. What Was that Omer? <laughs> I said we love light hard stuff like murder. Was, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so for context, I I was listening to a murder podcast yesterday about the it's by like Haley something I don't know, but the way she like tells the story is like she like how I'm gonna tell you right now, like it's just like your friend and they're just like telling you, you know what I mean? Oh, okay. So, this is the story of the beauty killer, the beauty serial killer, right? Of Darlene Gentry. Okay. So basically there, there's this couple, there's uh Darlene and then I forgot the other guy's name. We'll call him Max. All anyway, right. So Darlene and Max, right. Um, Darlene is this like really hot, really beautiful person. Uh, like, everybody would be like, Oh my God, she's so Amazing and sweet because she's just beautiful, and they also live in Texas, so she's like the definition of a southern beauty, right? Mm-hmm. And then the other, the other guy is like Max. He's just the funny guy. He's a class clown. You know what I mean? And everybody's like, oh my god, they'd be perfect together. And then they like start dating, right? And I think this is like in college, high school, or whatever, right? So they start dating, and everybody's like, oh my no, they're so cute. And um, uh, long story short, uh, they get married eventually and um like i mentioned darlene she's just like really beautiful and that's like what she values right she's very materialistic in that way she's always taking care of her hair her nails like i remember she said that she took like she spends like three hundred dollars on her hair on average like every week or something like that then her clothes you know she's always just getting the best kinds of clothes and um the best kinds of like furniture when they moved out and uh max is like you know he loves darlene a lot and um you know, he's spending all of his time at work, and he's, like, this engineer guy, and he's only home, like, three out of the like, seven days of the week, right? So, and then, um, you know, fast forward, Darlene and Max, they have three sons, right? But even when they had, like, each son, after they had, like, three sons, Darlene isn't, like, like hitting the brakes with the credit card, right? She's just swiping, swiping, swiping. She's like, yeah, I got to still have, you know, the best possible clothes. And then now it's not only her, but it's also on you know she's taking care of her kids and she's like oh they can't look like bums they're gonna have the best clothes they're gonna look the best right and like this guy max over here is just working day in day out right and he's just working so hard and he's getting stressed right because he's just like he doesn't really get to see his family, um, and he's like you know kind of, and he really loves his family like a lot. He loves his sons so much. He's like I don't know. He really liked hunting and fishing, and he always wanted to teach his sons. It's very southern, very Texan. They yeah. lived in Texas, right? Yeah. So, so yeah. So they're like, you know, there's some financial strain. Darlene's like doesn't care, right? And uh, it kind of made me sick. Like you know how we talked about the Dunya, right? Yeah. She was just like. Chasing after all this stuff, and I was like, How do you even like? I actually have like a hard time spending money, so I'm just like, How are you just spending this money without any like anyway? But like, I felt so bad. story relates
2: this, a lot to what we're talking about, yeah. You
1: know? Wow, it's like full it's, circle. It's not getting to do
2: what's fulfilling for him.
1: Wow, <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: yeah, it's all connected. so then, so then, yeah, just like you mentioned, it's not fulfilling him, right? So he was like, You know what instead of doing this engineering job, which pays more, I'm going to do like a nine to five closer to home so he can spend more time with his sons and like, you know, his family, um, even though it pays less and he'll be home like more often. Mm -hmm. So then once they take this transition, there's like, you would think that, you know, you know, they're going to get along, you know, he's going to get to do all that, but it puts a strain on the marriage. Basically, Darlene and Max, they're, like, arguing all the time now, and then Max is like, yo, you got to stop with the credit cards, like, this is really, it's getting a little tough, right, and they're always just, like, talking about money problems, money problems, and Darlene's just, like, not having it, right, and then, um, you know, Max, Max is depressed, kind of, like, really down, but Every time um, he would talk to like, he would talk to his friends about this, right? So his friends were like, yo, what are you doing? Like, get out of there. She's just using you. And then he's like, no, I love her so much. You know, if I work hard enough, I'll make it work. You, you know what I mean? It'll, like, work out. The marriage will work out. Because, like, they mm-hmm. were dating, like, all throughout high school and college. So, like, you know, it's mm-hmm. a long time. Um, mm-hmm. So then one day the police department in Texas gets a phone call from Darlene and – basically she's calling she's like my husband's like dead you know he's shot and stuff like that um there's pink foam coming from his mouth he's just in bed like there's blood like everywhere and um you know the rifles that he uses like because he was a hunter are all missing or they're out of the cabinet um like come us or whatever right so the police they come and this is the most like I was offended that Darlene's even a criminal because criminals at least have a brain, you know what I mean? And I was just like, what is this? Because so I was listening to it and I'm like, surely something is going to happen that is exciting. But this is, let me tell you, let me set up the situation, okay? So the police get there, right? And as soon as they get to the house, in, in the front yard, in the front yard, okay? The rifles are neatly stacked right in front of the front, like, right there. And they're like, uh, something's fishy. They're like, oh, the rifles are right here, you know? And then mm-hmm. they go inside, right? And they're like, okay, where's the cabinet that, like, they keep the rifles in, right? And so, you know, they looked at it, and um, she was like, oh, it's right here. It doesn't look like there's uh, any opening. Oh, basically, she said that it was a burglary. So she said it was a burglary. And, the like, the back door was just open, um, and, like the reason she woke up was because the baby was crying you know she fell asleep in the three sons room because they were arguing the night before right like darlene and max Mm -hmm. and so they're like okay well there's no forced entry like the back door is just wide open right and they're like ah this kind of sus." but well okay we'll come and we'll check it out and then they look at the cabinets right and they're like this doesn't look like it was broken into it's just like open right and like there's a key up up, like above the cabinets that like they're like oh yeah so darling business was like oh they probably found the key or whatever the only person who Mm -hmm. knows about the key is her and max (laughs) so i'm like are you trying to say (laughs) (laughs) like and then she's like yeah like you know we lock it so you know this our sons don't get to it and it's like well you're the only other person who knows where it is right (laughs) but um you know they're like okay fine it's still not technically evidence you know what i mean they're like okay Mm -hmm. there's nothing on here uh there's nothing here and then also it's really sus that okay you got shot in the head and uh you didn't wake up to that but you woke up to a baby crying at (laughs) six like you know what i mean it's like there's something's not adding up right and then the detective so then they got a detective right and the detective comes and he's like yo this is kind of sus like he sees the rifles neatly stacked and they're like why is it neatly stacked in the middle like right in front of the yard or whatever yeah and so there's um yeah it's like what the heck you know what i mean like if i was a, like you know what I mean? any yeah. person with two brain cells would be like <laughs> hey maybe i shouldn't put it in front yeah it's kind of sus right <laughs> so then there's one like weapon that's missing right and it happens to be i don't know i don't know gun talk right something 22 something something right yeah. and uh, <laughs> they're like yo was this the murder weapon i wonder if that was the murder weapon and then surely when they did the autopsy like the bullet or something was a 22 something something 20. anyway so yeah yeah, and I, then they're like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just <wrote> ak-47 <laughs> <laughs> sure <laughs> <laughs> um but so they found they found they were like okay the missing weapon is going to have this kind of bullet right and um so yeah so right now it's kind of sus right we're like okay darlene you clearly killed them and at this at this point i'm just like usually there's some turning point you know it's like oh my god and didn't see that coming and i'm like i wonder when that's coming right and so then um you know the police they look into uh max's like life insurance policy and apparently it was like 750k right also another thing that's a red flag she was so calm when she was calling him or um, calling the police department she was like yeah and she was like giving her her morning routine she was like yeah so like i woke up and then you know and, and like if you're gonna call 911 because like, my husband's dead like that's yeah, what you're gonna yeah. say right it be like bro come but like they're like she was like yeah and then the baby's crying I was getting breakfast ready and then, like, <laughs> and then I opened the door and like I opened the light it's like you know what I mean it took a full yeah. like 30 seconds before she even said like what the problem was another you know it was just yeah. like, <laughs> what? anyway so then um you know Darlene. A month passes by like not even a month passes by right and she's spending that life insurance money right she's like okay i'm gonna go spend it now i want to buy a piece of land right and so she sees this piece of land that has like a pond right and she's just like oh i want to buy this one and she's like oh does the pond come with it to like the what's it called the landlord guy or what are they called uh the land guy we're just gonna say the land guy anyway so he goes she goes to the land guy. And she's like, yo, does the pollen come with it? And he's like, yeah, it does. And then she's like, well, okay, well, I want to fill it up. And then she's like, and then he's like, well, that's not how it works. You're just going to have to take it as it is. And then she was like, uh, okay, you know, I want to take it because, you know, her husband always wanted to teach the sons fishing. I'll I'll take it, right? And then... Uh, she comes back a week later, right, and then she's like, wait, actually, I want it filled up, and then he's like, yo, uh, why, what happened, and she's like, you know what, I actually don't want it, and then he's like, okay, that's kind of, so he's like, this is kind of sus, right, so she, so he calls the police, right, and the police is like, Okay, we'll check out the area. We'll check out that pond. And she like basically gave herself away. You know what I mean? So the police come <laughs> and they check out the pond, right? They're like, What is this? You know? Like, why is she being all sus about the pond? They check out the pond. The murder weapon is at the bottom of the pond. Oh like <laughs> <laughs> the murder weapon is at the bottom of the pond. So they're like, shoot, it's right here. It like matches the twenty two thing, right? So they take it out. And they're like, okay. And so then the land guy calls her up, right? She's like, he was like, oh, actually, we're going to be draining the pond tonight, you know, as like, as something like, I don't know, At like this point, I feel like you have enough evidence anyway. But like, they're like, you know, we need actual evidence. So they set up a camera for the story. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. And also, you know, what is like, even more shocking is like, her friends and family like they live right next door to like max's parents right they believed that she didn't do it like until the film evidence they were like she's too sweet she's too pretty oh, no. you know prime prime example of pretty privilege you know what i mean they were just like she's just too pretty you know what i mean <laughs> or something i don't know that
2: was a pretty <laughs> <It's okay. laughs> she's
1: too pretty she's too purdy
2: <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. so um so he, the land guy That's how calls I get away up, with
0: my crimes. Oh,
1: yeah, oh my. yeah.
2: No, it
0: all makes
1: sense. <laughs> it, it does. Oh, got to watch out. Anyway, so the land guy calls up Darlene, and he's like, yo, we're going to, well, they don't say yo, but they're like, yeah, we're going to drain out the pond, and he, she's like, oh, shoot, 15 minutes later, 15 minutes later, she drives there, right? And she's just like, oh. I gotta start looking for it. And she pokes it with a stick, right? In the area where it was, where the uh, murder weapon is. She's, like, trying to find it, right? And she, like, and she can't find it. And after a while, she's, like, it's it 30 minutes. And she's, like, she's like, gives up and leaves, right? So when they show this evidence at court, like, she's still trying to deny it. You know what I mean? She's, like, yeah, I was just, like, you know, I heard a rumor that, you know, the weapon is there. And they're like, so why didn't you call the police, man? And then she's like, you know, uh, it's tough. <laughs> like she had no- But she never admitted to the murder. She never confessed. She never, ever confessed. Right? So it was like the stupidest murder thing ever- It was like an hour in. I was like, wait, so she is the murderer? Like, how are you so Stupid,
2: right?
0: Oh I like, my god, the whole time. Yeah. You you were waiting for the twist, but the twist yeah, was there was no it was, twist. There yeah.
2: Was no twist. Was like, <laughs> That's what gets you. That
1: was the twist. <laughs> that there was no twist. I was like, wow, she really. Oh, also, another thing that was like, she was a registered nurse, right? And they're like, okay, so why don't you try like anything, like, when he he was dead you see that he's in <laughs> critical condition he just
2: accepted it
1: yeah but also I mean you know maybe you're not in the situation too but like everything else pointed yeah. at her everything pointed at her and uh, I think she got like jailed in 2007 she has like 60 years in prison now <laughs> wait this is
2: wait like, in the story or like is this based off it's something like, real
1: oh this is real so like yeah, now, really Oh, yeah, this whole thing is yeah. real.
2: That changes everything. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you didn't think it was real? It's real.
0: I,
2: I, thought, I thought this was just some, like, you know, some story. I was like, this is a really dumb story that someone made up. Like, <laughs> I was like, why would you tell this whole story? <laughs> oh, well, no, just like real idiots that was the there. twist for me that it was real.
1: <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah,
2: that's was really That's crazy. crazy. That's that's really stupid, man.
1: I know. I was <laughs> like, even I would I was like, I felt so smart for like a little bit like, oh my god, the clues are coming together.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think I know who
2: it is. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh my god
1: yeah. oh, wow yeah.
0: those two games of among us you played coming in handy yeah <laughs> hmm.
1: <laughs> rifles are in the front yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. wow
2: That's what crazy. a story yeah. now we're officially a uh, murder murder mystery podcast not a good one but we are
0: <laughs> yeah. what can I
1: say it's a real story you know it is that's embarrassing I to just, call her a criminal she has yeah, no yeah. she does not have a criminal mind you know <laughs>
0: yeah. Critical. like i would have done this yeah yeah also, well, yeah <laughs>
1: the pawn thing the thing about the pawn you know i was just like wow you really like went out of your way to give yourself yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, well, yeah because yeah. you said she, they went by like a month and they hadn't have anything right before yeah, she so started like the Yeah, crazy. so she
1: had like a month extra, I guess, of life because like she was spending out the 75K. seven hundred fifty And then she goes to the pond because the only thing they were missing was the murder weapon. They're like, well, we got to find the murder weapon. Where is it? Yeah, right? but you
2: just got to skip town at that point and leave. I'll yeah. you know, get off the radar as fast. As, well, I mean, like, honestly, they wouldn't have found it. Just, just don't like call. If she did, just if don't she bring attention them. to a pond. Yeah. Just yeah. don't be stupid. That's just oh man that's unfortunate that's that's a depressing murder story it
1: was a depressing murder story for both of them yeah right (laughs) as depressing she's so stupid but like that just shows like like if you're gonna
2: commit murder then (laughs) do it right right
1: like (laughs) (laughs) murder is so scary like i i think i saw a post that like uh the shops at legacy i think there was like a sex trafficking incident i
0: saw oh yeah i saw that yeah. that was really scary yeah yeah,
1: yeah it's just like you can have it anywhere anytime my sister like one time she told me she was like you never know if somebody could be in your back seat you know what i mean and this was like my first month of driving and i would oh, almost get an accident i'd be like i wonder if there's somebody in the back yeah. seat you know?
0: it's like I there's got... someone backseat it's like it's me la peepo <laughs> <laughs> That's, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, it's scary. Yeah, have to keep an eye out for those things. Yeah, it's really scary.
2: definitely. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think that's a an interesting note. Um, but we'll switch really quickly to any final words <laughs> of advice that you may have. Hopefully, not about committing murder. Maybe about you know <laughs> finding your passion or uh, not burning out or journaling or. Finding a creative outlet, um, you know, or avoiding the pleasures of this world, whatever it is, we've talked about a lot of things. Uh, any final parting words before we go?
1: I think making every day count, what I've seen, like, even just like I say this past month, um, is, you know, every day you're either going up or down. You know what I mean? You're either better or worse than you were yesterday, even if it's a little bit. And all you want to do is just be a little bit better than you were yesterday, even, like, however little. So um, something that I do, or I wish I did more often, <laughs> is, um, like, making a list of just, like, two or three things the day before. Like, I'm going to do these two or three things today. And then the next day, if I get those done, I give myself a pat the back, you know, because you did those three things. You were productive. The thing is, if you don't have a list, going into the next day like a a digestible whiz yeah. um, then you get overwhelmed very quickly you start to doubt yourself you start to think you know i'm just gonna get like nothing's happening right and that's when you start smiling and that's actually when you start getting worse because um you're stressing more than you are doing and then you don't have time to actually you know live your life and then another piece of advice that I would say and, you know, carpe diem, seize the day, take every day, and value it. As we've talked about today, because um, as Pipple says it so beautifully, for all we know, we might not get tomorrow. So all
0: right. yeah, all right. take. All right. Well, thank you so much, uh, and thank you so much for joining us today uh and uh you know as always uh be sure uh, thank you to our viewers for watching this um we'll see you guys next time and as always be sure to follow us at a cup of coffee pod on instagram twitter and tiktok or email us at a cup of coffee pod at gmail.com we'll see you all next week